Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes coronavirus is bringing to our Chinuch system, some of which may never be the same again. sharing my opinion on what's going on in different schools and yeshivas right now. We're going into a period of the next two or three months where it doesn't look like schools are going to reopen. And we're going to have to continue with the distance learning that's been going on. And there are two schools of thought. Some schools are embracing the technology offered by Zoom or other platforms that enables the teachers to do a video conference with their students, and have some semblance of a classroom where the students could see the teachers or see the Rebbe, and they could see each other certain parts of the day. But that requires an internet-enabled device and an internet connection, which, of course, we've always been told, and uh, it's always been a, a wise thing to keep kids away from the internet and all the dangers that come with it. And then there's the other school of thought, which says we must keep kids away from the internet at all costs and we'll continue teaching like we've been doing from the beginning with a phone conference as limited as it may be as long as we don't give our kids access to the dangers of the internet. Now I don't think there's any question that a video conference offers a much much more richer experience of learning both for the students and for the Rebbe and the teachers. And when the kids are seeing their Rebbe or seeing their teacher, it's a much more realistic experience, mimics the classroom to somewhat of a, a, of a degree. In the upcoming show, we're going to be speaking with the principal of the Chabad Shluchim online school, where they have students all over the world, <laughs> literally all across the globe, taking part of a, of a yeshiva that's fully online. And you're going to hear, for like a 45-minute description of how the yeshiva operates, you're going to hear how it's very similar to a classic yeshiva, with very few differences. So there's no question, and he specifically said that there's no way he could have operated the school just by telephone conference. It's only because they embrace the technology that made available by the internet, that they're able to have such a school. So I don't think that's a debate, and everyone will agree that it's a much better educational experience, a much better learning experience for everyone involved when it's online and done by video. The question is, do we take the risks of giving children access to the internet and the devices that they'll use to access the internet which can be used to access things that are inappropriate and dangerous for the ruchnias of the children. If you look into it, you'll see that that can be addressed very easily. There ha are providers now, we're going to interview someone in this program from Exchange Telecom who are offering devices that are literally impossible to get around their filters. Very, very strong filters that are block out any possibility 
of accessing inappropriate things. They're controlled entirely by their back office. Any programs or apps that are installed have to be installed through their office and their support team. And it, it, ma it makes it virtually impossible for kids to get around their filters and do anything inappropriate. Even homes that don't have internet access, you can get a plan that connects directly to the device, sort of like a cell phone, that as long as you're using the device for learning, you can have a data plan that will enable the device to connect online and, and access the Zoom class where the child is learning. So the solutions are there. The solutions are out there and enable kids to learn in a safe and effective way, giving them the much richer experience that's made available by these platforms. The only question really is, do we allow our kids to access the internet? And are we really willing to sacrifice our children's chinuch just for the sake of saying that we don't let our kids access the internet? The internet is a tool just like anything else. A phone is a tool. Electricity is a tool. It's a communication method. And if it's going to help your children learn better and have a much more meaningful experience over the next two or three months, which over the span of a child's chinuch is a very, very big chunk of time, almost half of the school year, is it really worth saying that I'm not going to let my child have access to the internet. Many, many Rabbanim, G'daylim, have given their blessing to this system. This device makes it virtually impossible to have any negative experience from it. So I'm wondering, why are schools insisting on not using it? If someone wants to come on the show, I'd be more than happy to interview them. We really, really want to know and understand what is it that we find so unappealing about these devices that we simply refuse to even consider them. On this show, we're going to interview Rabbi Armel Kassus, who's a principal both for Limudi Kaidesh in the morning and an English principal of a high school in the afternoon, on how both of his schools are using Zoom to teach and how, they structure, how he structures the day in a way that the students could get the best possible experience. And we're also going to speak with Michael Posey from Exchange Telecom, all about the devices that they make available for students to learn in a safe and effective manner. Let's go to our interview. Okay, we're speaking with Rabbi Armo Kasus, who is the Menahel of Yeshiva Sha'are Torah in Brooklyn. In the morning and in the afternoon, he's the English principal of Masifta Taratmima. Welcome, Rabbi Kasus. Good luck, Ray Parnas. Thank you for inviting me on this uh, interesting platform. Sure. Okay, so it's right after Pesach, and uh, we're about to uh, un embark on an extended, another extended period of time where there's no school. We have no uh, definite, definitely no plans for reopening anytime soon. So uh, give us a quick overview of how you are handling things, uh, what, what the plans are for the coming months in the morning with, your, with the Yeshiva Sharei Torah, how classes are going to be given, and then we'll uh, switch it over to the afternoon. 
Okay, sure. So um, going into Yom Tif, understandably so, because it was uh, heading into Pesach. So the mindset was geared towards getting ready for Yom Tif, Klape Sidarim. So therefore, the, um, the emphasis of the learning was more on getting ready for Yom Tif. And therefore, there wasn't really uh, a mandate for having structured hours during the day. We actually were, we, we did the Zoom system. Zoom and the Rebbeim had an option. In the end, it was interesting, the Rebbeim were doing the Zoom live. They really felt a connection. In the beginning, some of the Rebbeim were apprehensive. The Rebbeim felt by recording a Zoom and then sending it via email, you know, might be very um, beneficial for the boys. But it was interesting, as, as much as the children took to it, I have to tell you, our parent body was extremely happy, very happy. But what the Rebbeim felt the lack of connection. Without seeing the children and talking to them and really getting some kind of feedback, which is limited, because on a Zoom conference, you're going to be limited. You also have to realize how long could a Zoom class be. For the adults listening to this, I'm sure if you've been engaged in Zoom um, sessions, you'll see for yourself. It's, it's, it's an avoida in order to be able to stay focused and glean from the 30-minute segment, let's say. So, Mashenkin, I mean, Kavachemer, rather, for a child, you could just imagine. So the point is, we are going to be, go, you know, going into Yom Tov was a different mandate. Right now, I had two meetings with my administration on Erev Shabbos. I had one already tonight. And tomorrow, I'm meeting Zoom with all my rebellion. And the point is to kick off on Monday morning. What the goal is, I'm speaking for the morning with the Kodesh and the afternoon, my English department, which is led by Rabbi Shmuel Schwebel, the, uh, who's our English principal. The goal is to have, and this is the key word, realistic segments of learning for the children. We are espousing to the concept that we have to have real quality education. I'm not going to exclude anybody because everyone has a different communities, different boards, different situations. We are looking that we have to educate the children and it has to be qualitative, structured, and it has to be realistic. I, I do have to throw in, as you, as you know, parents can understand. I'm a parent, you're a parent, probably our listeners are parents. We want to see that while we're paying our tuition dollars, it's important that the children are engaged and are busy. I think parents will be understanding and should be understanding that the rebame are limited with what they can do on the platform of a Zoom. So what we're doing is the following. We've cookie cut. Our normal day is, let's say, 8.30 to 1 o'clock is Lamudi Kaidish, and English is 1 to 5. Uh, for the older grades, one to four for the younger grades. The goal is nine o'clock to 9.30 will be chakras all across the board. It's a realistic amount of time, attendance and chakras. I could, we'll speak in a second exactly what attendance means. And then from 9.30 till 12, we're going to call 12 to one o'clock lunch, a lunch break all across for everyone to get ready for English. So from 9.30 to 12, and here's the key word, what is realistic for a child from first to eighth grade to learn? What we've, what we've come up with, and again, I am saying this is prior to my meeting tomorrow with my rebellion, but I think this is what we've picked up from, from the, the spectrum of speaking to all the rebellion. Three 35-minute segments, three 35-minute segments of learning between 9.30 and 12. Of course, there's going to be breaks in between. It's interesting. Our, our Rebbe already told me tonight that he wants to have the recess break live. In other words, I was assuming to say, okay, boys, I'll see you in 10, 15 minutes. Get back, come back with your book and your papers. He says, no, why? But it's important for me to, there's a fourth grade Rebbe. He says, it's important. I might add this Rebbe just lost his father over Yom Tif from, from COVID. But uh, his point was that he wants to be engaged with the children because recess itself is a very important part of the Chinuch platform. So that's the Mudikaydish right now. But again, that's the, the goal is three 35-minute segments and um, grades one through eight. And it includes pre-1A, but um, 
It includes pre-1A. However, I have not sat yet with my Rebbe yet because it's a little more delicate. That age needs a little bit more of a, a proper set uh, of a proper uh, setting. Very interesting. So, uh, a couple of questions. Um, the the as as the principal, how how are you involved in getting the classes done? How the classes are being given and and interacting with the boys? Obviously, you're usually you're seeing them face to face. Here, you're not so, seeing them face to face. Uh, so, what's your involvement? It, it's a great question. I'll tell you what I did before Yamtif, and I'll tell you what I'm planning on doing now post Yamtif. Prior to Yamtif, we all had our Zoom ID numbers. I was actually going into classes. Rabbi Shwebel, the English principal, was doing the same thing, going into different grades throughout the grades one through eight while the teacher was teaching. And I was doing the same thing with the Rebbeim. I'm able to pop in and say, hi, boys, how are we doing? Ask a question. I actually gave, um, I gave a schmooze before Pesach. I, uh, I spoke to the kids. Um, also, uh, about a week before Yom Tif, my goal now was to be every year of Shabbos. There'll be a uh, you know, schmooze for the whole yeshiva. I'm going to try to you know, give one message for the, for the entire student body. And this way to stay connected, but I'm definitely going to be going to the classes. The big difference right now is, is that I'm going to be very on top with the rebellion, what the schedule is. You see, here's a very important factor you have to consider. Pre-1A, first, second, third grade, these children are, are in the developmental years of their lives. If you were to imagine right now, you start, you know, we start off saying that we might not have Yeshiva the rest of the year. Can you imagine if we start up again in September? That little boy, little Yanko, who has not learned since March, let's say March 1st, because Purim was in the middle there. Let's just say March 1st. He lost out March, April, May, June. Such crucial years in his development. Psychria, psy-emotional, um, executive functioning. There's many different areas. So this is a big challenge. It's important right now to make sure these children at the lower grades are going to be met. Certain benchmarks have to be met. It will be a challenge, but we're going to get it done. Obviously, the parents are going to be great partners. We're going to have to make sure this happens. I would imagine over the summer, Halavai, if camps open, I would, I'm, I'm, would like to be very, very involved with different camps to suggesting what the children should be learning over the summer just to make sure they could come back in September ready. An older boy who's learning Gemara Chumash Mishnai, who already has a command of a Pasuk, he has a command of a Black Gemara, who understands how to read. His, his concerns are not as great as a younger child. This is definitely, definitely. So that's a very big area that we have to be on top of. Okay. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, it's, it's, it's a big challenge, like you said. Yeah, it is, it is a lot of time in a, in a child's development to be missing out. Um, go, just switching, just to focus a little bit about the, the, the Zoom platform and, and the boys learning through, through, through Zoom. Do you find that, or it might be too early, but do you find it as an issue that the boys might be distracted, find very easily distractible because they're not in the classroom and because they're, they're just a click away from playing around with the computer? I don't know what access they have to other things, but how do you, how you, how do you deal with that challenge? So it's interesting. I could actually answer that. I was talking to my wife. My wife happens to be a principal in um, a Beisiakov in the five towns, Benos Beisiakov. And... Um, Interesting that they are setting up a, their format of Zooming, also being done in a proper way with Hadrach Abdas Taira. But one thing that came out was the person who's training them likes the concept of the children being able to text or chat because they're going to use that to engage in the learning process. I think that might work with girls. 
my opinion, what I've seen so far with boys, I don't think it's suggested. So as you use the very big word there, distractibility, you know, everyone lives in a different kind of a home. I don't know if people are living in large, spacious homes, some are in apartments. So, you know, we have to take away the distractions. So I think on the Zoom, on the Zoom platform, there are options and how to take away opportunity, you know, the, the mute, unmute we know is obvious, but the chatting, there's different things and how to make sure the children don't impede the lesson. I think what I'm going to suggest to their BAM is that you're having a 20 minute lesson and then, you know, I guess you'll unmute and there'll be a system where the children raise their hands, they can see all the children. And, but that, that's going to be key, by the way. That is a very important thing from the onset to tell the parents how to prepare the children. They have to have paper, they have to have a pen and pencil, they have to have the proper apparatus, and they have to be in the proper nook in the house. They have to be set up, not in their pajamas, not running around there in the morning. There has to be a real seder. This will be a challenge. I think it'll take two or three days to work up the kinks, but I think, I think that it, could, it definitely will work. Are the Rebbeim able to tell, to see how engaged the boys are, uh, either from speaking with them or testing or homework? Speak a so, interesting. So we, the Rebbeim have been doing with the live. They could definitely see it. They have to, they take attendance. It's interesting. A few Rebbeim called me before Yontif to tell me, because I had said to them, I need to know this. They said, I'm just letting you know, Rabbi Kasus, that so-and-so is not showing up and hasn't been on a class. So I called a parent and I said, listen, I just want you to know that I'm aware that, uh, you know, your son has been coming on and please understand this is going to be going towards his, his grades. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. He has responsibility and um, we need to partner on this. The parent didn't even realize that you can imagine she's busy getting ready for Yom Tif and it slipped by her. But uh, you can rest assured the next uh, day that he was on and he was on straight till Yom Tif. So um, that's that. We, we did, we already just started discussing assessments. Now the assessments is interesting. It's fascinating, just this Rebbe tonight who I spoke to. I mean, there's going to be so many different ideas, but just one little snip. This Rebbe, who's going to be doing live Zoom, said to me, do you mind if I record the answers to the homework sheet that I'm going to give out in the morning and I'm going to send it as a Zoom recording? It's fascinating. So the boy's going to go on at night, turn on a 10-minute little piece, and there's Rebbe saying, hi, boys, I hope that you did the worksheet, so let's go over the worksheet. Number one is this, number two. You know, again, we have to maneuver our minds we're not here to necessarily educate and, and hope to get the exact way uh, um, the responses from the children the way they would in the classroom. You want to teach, you want to impart, you want to keep them in, in, engaged, enthused, and excited. And Zemir Tashem will be able to assess as much as best as he can. We have someone in the yeshiva who got as like a Vayichin. He's going to be calling classes and going in and being firing. And that'll be set up with the rebellion. That's we can't stop that. You just got to keep on going, and we have to assume, assume, and presume that Amir Tashem we could tackle this and do this the right way. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Okay, so now let's switch gears and go over to the, your, your afternoon role in uh, in Tartmima as English principal. Uh, what's the setup over there? What's the plan for for uh, the English study? So this is interesting. You know, Tartmima Baruch Hashem, we're having an incredible year this year. Um, there's a little, there's, a, you know, the regents have been, um, how, what's, what's the right word to say postponed? They're not a right. They don't have to take the regents this year, but they have to pass the courses. So we are going to be starting all summer this week, live Zooming also, also done with proper Dastaira and the proper Hadracha, where um, the, the essential subjects per grade, you know, if you're taking uh, an 11th grade English regions in, in 11th grade, perhaps in ninth grade, you could relax a little bit and really focus on the main subjects. But each teacher will be teaching 
and there's going to be class time. This is going to be a little easier because with a teenager, what's going to happen is, again, I'm just setting up a time. If class starts at 3.30, if you're not on at 3.35, you're not allowed into the class. You know, 3.30 to 4 o'clock is a class. You got to be in. If you're in, you're in. It's again. This has to be taken serious now. And you have a way uh, of blocking. You have a way of blocking anybody who's late. Well, if they come in, you know, obviously you want to set this up properly. Tell the parents up front and tell them what's going to be expected. And it's you know these are teenagers, but yeah, if they come in late, then there's a way of uh, not letting them in. You know, if you have a boy, we had an unfortunate situation before you did, where a boy was being you know misbehaving, and obviously. You, Took him off, and the Rebbe called the parent afterwards and said, "You got to speak to your son." The parent became the principal. You know, you got to discipline your son, and if he's going to be on, you got to so you got to do the right thing. But with teenagers, I would imagine it's going to be a little more easier. And really, what the teenagers I think are going to realize is that there's a mile, there's no regions. There is going to be finals, there are tests, and there will be a final on each subject. And the final will be Iker in order to determine whether or not they pass that course, because they're not going to get a freebie here. They will have to work. And it's a mile. It's a mile. The principal has an ability here to help the student. We want the boys to learn. We want the boys to be prepared for next year. Um, they do. They luck out by not having to have the pressure and anxiety of a region. And Baruch Hashem, we're, you know, we're here to, we want the children to be engaged in their Lima Taira, to have a much time to learn. Uh, we have state mandates. Okay, so this year, Baruch Hashem, it eases up a little bit, but they are definitely, definitely going to take responsibility to take a test, an appropriate test, that will cover the material so they can be prepared for the next school year. Okay, now you know a lot of times in yeshivas you find we find that the, the English department is sort of like second fiddle or, 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 or even less than that simply because of you know the, obviously the priority is always on Tyra. Is in, in this environment where the, the boys are in just a total total lack of structure, they're not in yeshiva. You anticipate this being a seri- like a, a real issue of getting the boys to be serious about the English uh, studies and taking taking them seriously. Is there any sort of incentive or threat that you could have over them to make sure that it, that it, that it's done properly? Well, I don't want to use the word threat, and um, I'm not going to use the word incentive, but Bliya and we're having an unbelievable year. This anyone could go check out what's doing with Tartamir this year. The boys have been phenomenally responsive. We, Baruch Hashem, have had tremendous, tremendous cooperation, and there's a real understanding. The teachers and the kid and the boys, together with uh, the tremendous backing of Anhala Rabbi Posey, who's the Rosh Masifta, has been unbelievable, but and the Shrek of the Manal. We have a tremendous team together, and really the boys get it. So really, the way it works in Yeshiva, it's very simple. It, when, when the class starts, that's it. They all know that we, what we mean business. And how do I explain? You know, it works with having certain personalities, and you have a certain buy-in and trust between the boys. And they know at this point of the year, they already know. They know what I stand for. I know what they need. What's going to happen here is like what I just said. You're going to get on at 3.30. If you're not on path by 3.35, you can't come on. Ah, you missed the class. The class is recorded. You can watch it later on that night at your own leisure. You can't have an option of not coming on and buying into the recording in, into the recording um, system. You're going to have to be, um, you know, uh, uh, attendance is going to be a real item. But my point is, I don't anticipate any problem. Their parents are going to get clear directives. The children are the the boys are going to see it clearly. It's their Christ. and it's very simple. You're on. You're on. You're in. You're in. If you're not. You're not passing the course, and you passed up on 2020, the year of no regents. You will have lucked out on a very, very big prize. That uh, you know, this could be a little easier for you. So I, I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I, I'm really not worried at all. Okay. Are there are there going to be tests and homework for the for the students during the year, or just the final? Yes. As a matter of fact, it, it works also for I was in by the and the elementary school. Uh, the Zoom allows the option. We're downloading worksheets. 
And um, there's even a shared screen where the children or BAME could do the work on the screen with them. But yes, there's going to be, we, we've been sending um, um, worksheets to the boys. They have to complete it, email it back, send it back. And um, 100%, absolutely. Again, you know, the homework load will be in conjunction together with the Kaddish. We have to make this work properly because of the, you know, the, the situation. But uh, absolutely, there'll be worksheets, there'll be testing, and there'll be finals, yes. Okay. Um, I can't let you go without asking you the, the, the million-dollar question that everybody wants to know. What's, what's going to be with the summer? Are, are camps really going to open? How, how are they planning for it right now? Very hard to say. You can only listen to the words of the news. If they're saying now May 15th, no school. By May 15th, will there be school? If there's no school, I'm trying to comprehend why there would be a camp. I, I, would, I would love to, trust me, this will be my 50th year in a row in camp, so we want to keep that streak going, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we love Kent Romu. Kent Romu does phenomenal work. With Hashem's help, we hope to be there, but it's very hard to say. You know, when you hear this Lashayna's social distancing and the economy opening slowly, everyone's, the wording is very, very hard to, it's, it's very subjective. You can't really know what it means yet, but with Hashem's help, we hope to be there. Mm-hmm. Are, there is there any, like, are they doing any actual work in planning and getting, and getting the grounds ready? Uh, oh, are you, Rabbi Pfeiffer, Rabbi Shalom Pfeiffer, what should I tell you? I, we, Bliyai Nahara, have been talking since, I would say November. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm being very accurate. We've hired our staff. Our staff is hired for both months. That was November, December, January. Um, we've already began planning our schedule. Rabbi Pfeiffer has been doing incredible hachanas and preparation of the campus, how much work he put into the campus here. It would be an amazing summer. But, but as Hashem, Akash Baruch was in charge, and, uh, and Amir Tashem, this will be our 32nd season in Camp Romo, number 32, and we hope to be there to celebrate it, Amir Tashem. Okay, very good. Thank you very much, Rabbi Kassus. Okay, Shkai, thank you, and that's luck with everything, and uh, to all the people out there who need Rafu Shalema and Nechama uh, and Yeshua, Akash Baruch should be Meshabeach, and Baruch everyone, Amir Tashem, everyone should be good and healthy. We're speaking with Michael Posey, who's Director of Operations for Exchange Telecom, which is the company that is producing a device to enable remote learning, remote therapy. Welcome, Michael. Hi, how are you? So uh, it's already a few weeks that, that, uh, we've, that school has been closed and everyone has to find a way how to continue the classroom experience from their homes. And now a lot of schools are, have made the decision to switch to some, a modified version of video conferencing through an internet-enabled device. Um, tell us a little bit how your company got into this, into, into providing, making available such a device, and how it works. Okay, so um, we really, Exchange Telecom has been providing um, voice, uh, phone lines, and internet um, in the community for many years now. Um, and we've also been a hotline provider for many of the large hotlines in the firm world. Um, and, uh, right before this, we actually, um, were having different, you know, having some issues with getting too many calls into too many, with some certain hotlines were getting too many calls and it was getting congested. We had to really open some other areas where we can have people, um, reach out and, and be able to, um, get onto certain platforms where they could l- get Shiurim and things like that in a kosher way. So we started looking into more of the cellular products, um, and we developed a um, product where we can provide an affordable option 
um, where somebody can have a tablet or even a, a lockdown smartphone. And this smartphone would be on a monthly uh, affordable data plan, and it would be locked down with the same Livigent um, filter that many other companies are using now, where it would really give them limited abilities of what they could put on this phone and what they would be able to add, and everything they add needs to be through our company and really locks it down in that way. So unfortunately, because of what's going on, everything really uh, went into high gear um, last month, and we received many requests if we could provide service for houses that don't have internet and need to be able to reach out to the world of teletherapy and telelearning. So we have a Samsung device, which we've been using, um, a Samsung Tab um, tablet, which is a eight inch tablet, which has, you know, the basic tablet features, um, but it does not have a uh, ability to go to the, inter- the ability to go to the internet. It does not have any outside capabilities besides what we put on it. Um, we started this with a few companies just putting on Zoom and Microsoft Teams, and this was extremely successful. And lately, we've also added the ability to add a phone line on these tablets so that for when you have a household where some kids are calling up the, the phone lines and having conference calls and some kids are learning through Zoom, this is available from one device. Mm-hmm. So just a, a quick question about the, the way schools want, want to accomplish the distance learning is obviously through video conference, which enables the two-way communication, both uh, visual and audio and somewhat re- recreates the live experience. The, the, a lot of the schools have been deal, have, have run into a roadblock and where many of their students don't have internet at home or they don't have Wi-Fi at home. Does your, how, does, how does your device address that issue? So our device has a built-in LTE um, mobile SIM. This SIM card um, provides just data. It's not providing voice. It's providing just data to the phone. Um, this SIM card, which is placed in the device, is specific to that device, so it cannot be removed and added to another device. And the device itself is running off of this data, and it is completely locked down with the filter. And this data plan, this is, like you said, it's LTE. It works anywhere uh, you could get cellular reception? Correct. So we work with, right now, T-Mobile and Verizon, and both of them um, around New York, we've had a pretty large success rate of, um, you know, cellular reception and anywhere where you have reception, you will have a connection. Okay. So another, another big concern schools and parents have is the security of the device that, that both, both outside hackers or outside parties shouldn't be able to access the, the, the phone, the device and communicate with the children using it. And of course, the children themselves shouldn't access websites or content that's not appropriate or anything. A lot of parents don't want to have any outside access at all, just for school, just for educational, just for the purpose of learning and, and, and le- interacting with their, with their class. How does your device make sure that it's really locked down and they're not able to do anything? So our device is using, um, like I mentioned, the Livigent filter, um, which really is the, it's been, it's been the, the Rolls Royce of the filters. It's been around for many years and it's really been developed to, to address any concerns and issues 
um, that are, in, you know, that are around in terms of being able to access anything besides what is supposed to be accessed by that phone. This, these devices have um, one processor which is being run by our filter. Any, if a child tried to get to a site which wasn't, or an app which wasn't allowed here, um, they don't have the ability to go to the internet and any application they try to add, they have no ability to add those applications. If they try to take out the SIM card and try to take a SIM card and put it into another device and get internet that way, it wouldn't work because the SIM cards themselves, which we control, are locked down for these devices. Mm -hmm. So what uh, communication apps are, are, they being able, are they able to run, to run on the device and how does it work with the school? Like, are they locked down? Is it only for school? Is there a way to lock it down that it should only be used for school and not for other purposes, say chatting with friends or outside groups? So everything is specific to what the schools, the, the needs of the schools are. Um, or the, you know, or the, the different companies who are using it for therapy. So this, it's like any other um, device where you're adding one application, that application is the only application you could use. Now, if you add, let's say, um, Zoom, which is, which is, I believe, not being used by a lot of people now. Um, it was being used a lot, but now for security reasons, it's not being used as much. So Zoom would be one app they would put on. I believe there's a specific um, similar application that Jewish schools are using, which only gives the ability to be used for those classes. Um, in other scenarios where people want to use it at home, where they're working from home and they just want to have access to their email, we could give them access to their email. If they just want access to Amazon and this, it could be access. Everything is, is custom built. So there's no one, one size which fits all of here. So how, how does someone go about adding those other uses that you just mentioned? So when, um, when they sign up, they will get a response from our customer service team, you know, requesting um, a little form fill of what they want, which applications they want on their phone. The phone will then be delivered with those applications only. If they ever want to add an application, only the account user who has the account PIN will call in to our service line and be able to add that. It sounds tedious and it sounds something which, you know, nowadays most things can be done manually. It can be done automatically by going on a website or texting something. But we specifically have these, this criteria to uh, avoid anyone trying to get around the system. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now say after a few months, uh, everybody's able to go back to school and they have no more need for these tablets. Um, is there anything that the family could still possibly find a use and uh, you know, keep it keep it in a, in a way that's kosher and appropriate. So the devices can still be used; they're still valuable. Um, if somebody wants just a device in their house, where if uh, somebody needs to ever do therapy, or if they ever want to learn the dafyami, or they want the barilan, or whatever it is, there are many different applications um, depending which uh, which part of the world you're from and in. There are many different applications where um, they're completely kosher and uh, they could be used only, the only use for this device. Mm -hmm. Okay, talk about a little uh, about the pricing, the cost, what's, what's the, what, what is the cost for the device and the cost for the monthly service, what, what parents would pay, so, what portion the school would pay, you know, talk, talk as much as you can about, about whatever uh, sure. you need to know about this. So um, the, current, the current devices we have right now, we're, we're only selling two devices. 
One device is a smartphone, a six-inch smartphone, which is completely locked down, um, and it's, uh, it has whatever you want to put on it, and the cost of that phone is $100 for the phone, and then you keep the phone, you pay us a one-time fee, it's $100, and then the monthly fees, um, well, we'll get to the monthly fees. So we have a, a smartphone, and we also have an eight-inch tablet, phone, the Samsung said, tab. Second, just one second, that phone you said is only data, no, 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 no voice, no text, right? No, no text, no voice, it's only data. Okay. And that, and that, that, that's, that phone, it's, it's just, you could consider it a small tablet. Um, and that phone's a hundred dollars. And then we have a Samsung tablet for $225. It's a bit more pricey, but it's, it's a great tablet and it's the Samsung tab eight. It, it it's a one-time fee of $225 and, uh, also great. It's a great tablet and it's, it's good that, you know, it's, it's a brand name, it's Samsung. They warranty it, and uh, you don't really have to worry about anything. And in terms of the monthly pricing, we have two two models. The first model is we have a more affordable twenty dollars a month plan, and that twenty dollars a month will get you an unlimited low data plan. So it's unlimited in terms of you're not capped in the data, but it's really meant for use of, like we said, three to four apps, um, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, these type of apps where you have four or five apps. If you're going to use it. With 20 apps, it's not the it's not the the, the best uh, case, use case for the, this this plan. If somebody does need somebody's working remote in their house and they want to lock down tablet and they need many apps um, and to really give high functionality, we also have a forty dollar unlimited LTE plan. And this is just like any unlimited plan you could get on any mobile device, um, where it's unlimited. You could actually even you could tether and you could you could filter another device through it, which is, which gets a little more complicated, but it has the ability even to filter a secondary device from it. So um, those are the two plans. You have the $20 plan and we have the $40 plan and they're both unlimited just in terms of the bandwidth you're getting. That's the, the, the defining factor between them. Okay. So say, let's say a parent has four or five kids or more in school and they need to buy the devices. Do they have to buy a data plan for each separate device or could they use one data plan to share it amongst all the devices? Well, they would need to use a different data plan for each device. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and now assuming there's Wi-Fi available in the house, they, then they could just do away without any data plan. Is that correct? Right. If they want to do Wi-Fi, they don't have to pay. It's just the, the cost of the device and the setup of the filter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, and then if they ever need support to add devices, to add more apps like we spoke about, or, to, or if they have an issue, that's all included in the price of the device? Yes, it's all included. We have, like I said, we've been around for a while, Exchange Telecom. Um, we have a large support team, uh, Brooklyn-based. We also have all, you know, if, if it really gets overloaded, we have an off, uh, you know, out of the country, we have another call center, um, which has been working with us, who was able to handle things perfectly. And we have uh, been able to handle high volume for quite some time and we've been working on this. So support is included and it's definitely something we we strive to, you know, to to do per do too well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, say, uh, say a principal or uh, someone from the Vada Chinuch of the school is listening to this, and they have concerns, and they want to really make sure uh, that uh, that everything is done properly and without any ability to to uh, access inappropriate things. They they would be able to speak to someone at at your company to put them at ease and assure them that everything will be done properly. Yes, we have. Uh, 
uh, staff members who have been in the filtering business for um, 15 years who they have, uh, you know, vast backgrounds and they, they know how to custom fit uh, our filtering solutions for different scenarios. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. So uh, just give some contact information. Someone listening to this wants to, wants to reach out and uh, possibly look into uh, uh, purchasing these devices or learning more. Well, how can they reach you? Sure. All they have to do is send an email to sales at exchange. That's with an X, X-E-H-A-N-G-E, T-E-L-E, telly.com. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much for that information. It's been very helpful. And uh, I hope uh, many, many schools that are, that are looking into this will take advantage of the opportunity. Okay, great. Thank you so much for the time. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a podcast exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Arnold. Special thanks to David Lichtenstein of Headlines, who inspired this show. Subscribe to the show by searching for Chinuch 2.0 on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please send an email to chinuch2.0 at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.